Jones, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, it's a podcast about Indiana Jones, every movie, one minute at a time, Indiana Jones, minutes. Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute the daily podcast in which we reach right in to get to the still-beating heart of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom one minute at a time. I'm Pete Mummert. I'm Tom Taylor. I'm Jerry Porter. And today I'm personally very excited to welcome our guest. He wrote The Complete Making of Indiana Jones, which we've referenced repeatedly on the show, as well as The Making of Star Wars, uh, both of which have been sort of indispensable for me. J.W. Rinsler, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here virtually. <laughs> you are here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And today we're discussing Minute 9. Minute 9 begins with Indy using his recently deceased friend as a little bit of extra leverage to stand up from the table. It moves on to him carefully choosing a skewer from the pigeon flambe cart and then sharing it with Lao Sun Chen. Uh, moves on to show Indy giving the cigarette girl a very spirited tap on the cheek and ends with Billy punching the floor and saying, ooh, nuts. <laughs> well, I, I had a question, and, and this is uh, one of the themes that we've, we've had for the past several minutes, is that uh, this has a very James Bond-esque flavor to it. And, um, you know, when, when Cal Khan says, I guess rhetorically, too much to drink, Dr. Jones... I mean, to me, that sounds very much like a like a classic James Bond bad guy line, and uh, I wanted to actually ask our guest, Jonathan, if that does that uh, ring true for you as well. Sure. Yeah, and he's wearing a tuxedo like Sean Connery in a James Bond film, and mm -hmm. you know, you guys know as well as I do, you know, how much uh, Steven Spielberg wanted to do a James Bond film, and then. George said, I have something better than Bond. And that, yeah. When they were on the beach in Hawaii. So uh -huh. I don't think it was very far from their minds, or at least Steven Spielberg's mind, uh, you know, while making the tr first trilogy. They, they really seem to go for that, though. I mean, really hard on this at the beginning. Yeah. You know. Well, things like that, like, yeah. you know, the very beginning of the movie is the, the, the show tune thing, the, 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 the chorus line number and everything, and now they're doing a James Bond movie. You kind of get the sense they're like, Hey, we're George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. We can do whatever we want. Now we can get to make those cool movies we've always loved. That's really awesome. So I kind of enjoy it in that sense. That's kind of fun. And I like that Lau and his and his sons, like they, they make this joke, too much to drink, Dr. Jones. And it it is such a like a delicious villain line. Like they they've been practicing this, I'm sure, all day. Yeah, he's awesome with that. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? The the character? Uh, Sonny. We just call him Sonny. Well, he's Cal Khan. Oh, I'm sorry, Cal Khan uh he's awesome at the the crazy maniacal almost too much <laughs> laughing well and i love how you know after the too much to drink dr jones line lao slaps his knee with the international sign of jocularity <laughs> you know that that oh that cow con keeps me in stitches that's when i knew i was getting older is when i actually started to slap my knee when i when i laughed <laughs> and after after this joke Indy kind of staggers over to the, the cart with these flaming pigeons on it. 
uh, and he picks up a skewer, and then he, he throws it at Lao's son Chin in a way that sort of seems to defy physics. Like it just takes this crazy <laughs> zero arc trajectory. Well, it also defies logic a little bit. I'm wondering why he he's just been poisoned and he's freaking out <laughs> a little bit. And I understand that he's mad at these guys for poisoning him. But why exactly does he pick up a skewer and throw it at that guy? <laughs> like what's well, I, I you know I think I think this is a classic Indiana Jones character trait. And it's really in full bloom here. It's the make it up as you go along. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, how fortuitous. Pigeon flambe. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Yeah. And he's remark remarkably fleet-footed in his vengeance. Well, and you guys talked about James Bond. It has that sort of illogic of the James Bond movies whenever he's confronting a villain. Why, if they really want to kill him, why don't they just shoot him? They, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they just take out their guns and all shoot him at once? <laughs> Why doesn't he skewer the bad, you know, the chief bad guy with the skewer? I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, well, yeah, that's an excellent point. Or the guy who just laughed at him. Well, that's <laughs> what I was wondering. Is this just pure revenge, or is was this sort of part of a plan to get the antidote? The antidote. <laughs> I mean, the, the the genius of the scene is that you have. Uh, and I'm sure this is what, what got them, what got George and Steven Spielberg into it, is you have him looking for the antidote and she's looking for the diamond. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah. you know, it's character and situation driven. And it's, and it's something, I mean, that's something that's fairly different. I don't remember seeing that in a movie. Maybe you guys do. We have two people sort of each looking for something in this crazy kind of fight that's going on at the same time. Right. Well, you know, what I wondered is, Pete, a little bit what you hinted at was, was he seeking revenge or was he trying to create pandemonium when he threw the pigeon flambe javelin? Mm -hmm. Or was it, I mean, was it both? Yeah, or was he just not even thinking? It's just the first thing he picked up and did. He just hates pigeon flambe. <laughs> he wanted to get rid uh, of it. Maybe, maybe that's the poison working. <laughs> Well, I don't. I forget if I said this before, but uh, seeing the guy who gets stabbed, seeing him even earlier in the movie, always creeps me out because I, I associate him with like anytime somebody dies weirdly in a movie, I associate just them with that weird death. Like Tote, you just see him melting all the time. You know, Dietrich, you see him shriveling up and stuff. No matter what's going on, this guy, as soon as I see him, I see the weird way he dies, and it is weird because when he gets stabbed, he. He's still laughing or something, and he fires his gun, and his arm goes up in a weird way. It almost looks like his whole entire body is a special effect, is, a, is like a manufactured puppet kind of thing or something. Yeah. Like a, like a weird, you know what I'm talking about? There's something yeah. very stiff and weird and awkward about it. Well, he, I think he screams when he gets the thing. It seems yeah. to me. Yeah. Screaming, and to me, it reminds, it reminded me of the old EC comics, which I, I know those oh, guys sure. both loved. It's like, that's the cover of an EC comic. <laughs> shooting a gun and he's got this giant thing going through his stomach. You know? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> and it's weird too, like right right like just a few shots after he gets uh skewered, he you know, he fires his gun as he gets skewered, and then a couple seconds later they cut to Willie screaming about it, and the way it's the way it's framed, it looks like he just shot her. Because she's standing right in front of him, sort of at the angle where he fired, 
And you can't see, like, his head is, like, blocking her midsection, so it almost looks like he shot her in the gut or something. But he didn't. Oh. <laughs> Don't get worried. <laughs> well, and and uh, and Chen's gun is now in his right hand. Oh, you mentioned that last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last time we saw him, it was in his left. So, I don't know, maybe the flambe, you know, caused him to convulse and switch hands with the gun. That's probably it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that was it. I'm sure that was And it. we saw that the gun was smoking, so maybe it was hot. Maybe he's just doing that thing where he kind of flips it back and forth between his hands after yeah. <laughs> a hot potato. You know what George used to always say? Continuity is for wimps. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of admire that. You know, that, that's actually, you know, you can worry too much about that kind of thing, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think he, he goes with it here, and I think it works. Mm-hmm. And then, it, well, oh, go ahead, Jerry. I was going to say an argument could be made when you go to see an adventure film. Maybe you want to go see it because there isn't continuity. <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're noticing that and you're not, that means they really just failed as, you know, movie makers. Right. Right. And, and with these, with this entire uh, fight scene, as I'm watching it minute by minute and picking it apart, I'm finding a lot of like, you know, well, why exactly did that happen? Where's the logic in that? And, you know, as I'm doing it, I'm also saying, well, that's a fun action scene. Would you relax? Just calm down. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> well, you know, as, as I was watching it, I thought, I better try and find something intelligent to say. Big <laughs> uh, <Yeah, laughs> mistake. Big yeah. mistake. But I, but I did notice something that I hadn't noticed before, which is just in terms of the staging it, once they everything gets going, all the extras are always moving from stage left to stage right or vice versa. And the heroes... Are always are coming towards forward or away from us facing <laughs> the camera. Oh, interesting! It's just very simple, and but I I don't know if Spielberg you know was watching a lot of other movies and decided to do that, or if he just came up with it all by himself. But it's it's really effective. Yeah, maximum mayhem. Yeah, it really it it is. sets them off against. Yeah, it really sets off the the main characters. Yeah. Well, and, and in in true uh, Indiana Jones minute. We can celebrate a true fracas. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is a true fracas. And <laughs> there's a tr- yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, what? So I have a question. Uh, I'll, for open an open question. What's with the first person shot where it looks like I punch Indiana oh, Jones? Oh, can I just say before anybody answers, I have in my notes. Jer's comment on that POV punch. <laughs> 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 well, well, before before you ask that, I just want to. We just skipped over something. This minute is a fantastic Ben Burt minute. Oh and yeah! Right before that happens, uh, Indy kind of backhands Sonny, but his backhand sounds like the classic Ben Burt punch from Raiders, yeah. like where he's hitting the leather coat with the with the baseball bat. It's really got yeah. that powerful. Anytime his Whack. his hand connects with anything, it makes that sound. Whether he's punching or <laughs> slapping or picking something up. It's like, it's like his hand is a leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, back to you, Jerry, and your your question about the blues brother. Well, I'm just I'm just wondering, yeah, A, is that who I'm supposed to be? Is that the, the POV <laughs> view? Is I'm the blues brother henchman? And B, I don't know if there was any of that except for the cart scene with Marion in Tunisia, you know, the Cairo. Yeah. That that we ever see uh, sort of a first person vantage point. Right. Maybe there's just one per movie. <laughs> we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, maybe it is. 
But what's great about that part, I always loved, is just the sheer exuberance of the filmmaking where after Indiana Jones gets punched, he just turns around and wallops the cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pete was trying to come up with a... uh... He was trying to come up with a backstory for that. Like maybe she had done uh, Wuhan wrong or something. Well, we were also wondering getting... when Wuhan gets shot, we were wondering because she's standing right behind him. We were wondering if she was actually the one that fired the shot. Because when Indy punches her, he kind of looks at her first and then he just, you know, he, goes, <laughs> he nails her with his left left cross. Now's his chance. <laughs> well, well, I think we I think we owe it to our guests to just say, you know, Jonathan preamble here. There's a lot of conspiracy theories that, <laughs> yeah. that get bandied around here. <laughs> Just so you don't think we're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you can know we're nuts. Yeah. yeah we're... And, and Pete, Pete is usually the, uh, the creator of these. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, a, I, I, I'm all for a good conspiracy theory, but some are better than others. <laughs> That's true. We try to tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is another great Ben Burt sound effect because when he punches the cigarette girl it's got the the punch that's got a lot of the whip sound in it oh yeah and it's really like he doesn't tap her like he really he really wallops yeah her. i guess i guess that scene because they're, they're sort of uh complimentary the the point of view henchman punch mm-hmm. and then it goes right into indie uh you know turning around and walloping as you said the the cigarette lady yeah and um I guess it's just to create complete fracas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. You know, the, the great thing about the indie movies is they're very funny. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I remember when this is sort of off subject, but when, uh, the star Wars, it's funny too. Those guys are, are similar. And I remember some, when they did the first clone wars cartoon, it was very serious and, George had to explain to the Clone Wars team, it's like, it's supposed to be funny. Right. <laughs> Star Wars and Indiana Jones is not deadly serious. And it's a mistake that a lot of imitators make when they try and do these things is make them serious. I mean, there is yeah. a serious side, but it's a lot of fun. So walloping right. the cigarette yeah. <laughs> and, and zinging the guy with the symbol and yeah yeah oh yeah i mean and everything and the thing is what i always love about this first fight is it's really a dance it starts out with the musical number there's the interlude of them talking and then the fight breaks out and you have the john williams music but at a certain point it trans the 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 john williams music sort of fades out and the and the musical number comes back in and all girls come in and they're screaming at him (laughs) <laughs> but it's, a, it's it's a chore it, it's choreographed and it's just the same as a dance except they're fighting yeah yeah, yeah. and even uh, at that point right when the the uh the girls the showgirls come back out indy even does this weird little like two-step sort of thing he does the axel rose shimmy yeah <laughs> <laughs> he does yeah, and why are they why are they screaming at him? He's just <laughs> yeah, a man. He must have a horrible expression on his face. <laughs> he's dancing seconds. horribly. He's ruining our number. Maybe it's like a Beatles mania thing. It's like indie mania. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we were just talking about Ben Burt. We cannot mention Ben Burt in this minute without pointing out that the Wilhelm shows up. Yeah, this is the first one in the movie. 
Now, does that mean it's the only one in the movie? No, I think there are three. Oh, really? No, yeah, there's another one okay. for sure. Well, you guys got me. Where does where does it appear here? I hadn't noticed that. When uh, when Indy gets uh, kind of rolled into the uh, bandstand, when he crashes into the bandstand, you get the Wilhelm. Oh, that's oh. I, you know, I had a really good question about that um, because, again, in, in uh, the Raiders, uh, in our Raiders episodes, we talked a lot about uh, Marion's Bar Melee. And we talked about the beauty of watching exemplary henchmen at work. <laughs> and we have another remarkable display here of two henchmen in perfect synchrony throwing Indy into the serving cart. Mm hmm and rolling them and it's just they just naturally knew what to do it was just right. a beautiful thing right there's probably a book that explains how those guys worked <laughs> together for decades and were like brothers and knew each other's moves and... right that was the way they killed people yeah you yeah, yeah. <laughs> went off a cliff they forgot they weren't on the edge of a cliff <laughs> but their plan's funny like they just kind of bad henchmen like they just kind of roll him into the into the orchestra and they kind of clap their hands together and walk off like oh, that's done well, that's done normally that would right. that would brain a person he got <laughs> i don't blame him for thinking that would have done it but it doesn't prevent the musicians from playing about 15 seconds later no <laughs> oh yeah they're pros yeah. it's like the they're titanic was a pro <laughs> Does, does anybody know what the name of the the orchestra is? I I actually couldn't find the oh what their name is translated as. I I worked on a good book with. Did you? I'm sure you guys have the Indiana Illustrated or you know Indiana Jones Visual Guy that Jim Lucino wrote. Yeah, yeah, I have that. Maybe, if you guys have that on hand, maybe he says what it is. Oh yeah, take a look at that. Uh, take a look at that between shows, actually. After reading your books, both about Star Wars and Indiana Jones, I'm amazed that you don't know the answer. <laughs> I'm talking to the wrong person when it comes to that kind of stuff. I <laughs> okay. No, those books are so exhaustive and amazing. I'm not good on trivia. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, one thing I did think of is contrasting the first fracas scene in Raiders to this, basically the first fracas scene in the movie here, and they're wildly different. Well, what do you consider the first practice scene in Raiders? Marion's Bar? Yeah, Marion's Bar. Okay. Marion's Bar. I, I don't think there's any music no, not at all. in Marion's Bar. That's true. Yeah, and it's it's dark, and it's uh, sort of lit by fire, and everything's, you know, it's hard to see. It's a lot more killy. There's a lot more people getting badly killed it's in that scene. It's a lot more violent, yeah. 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 And that was one of the first things I noticed, just how it's a completely different type of melee yeah because yeah. at marion's bar it's all it is it's, it's a lot more serious and a lot more like dire and actiony but they're all there's still like you know like the whiskey scene and like you know shooting drinking the whiskey out of the bullet hole and stuff there's like a lot of like cleverness to it and inventiveness but it's not as uh quote unquote fun i guess like this is more all out like you know fun melee kind of thing yeah it's just exuberant fun yeah, I agree. It's different in that it's it's more there's something there's more at stake. I mean, these guys are really might actually kill somebody. Whereas yeah, there could be very little danger that anybody in the Obi Wan bar is actually going to kill anybody. Right. Am I tripping a balloon? I, but I will say they were having they were, Steve Spielberg was having trouble with that first one 
until he started, he kind of slowed down the action and made it more rhythmic. And you can kind of, I think he's building on that in the Temple of Doom, you know, melee, where again, it's it's so choreographed and, and it's very rhythmic, you know, there's, mm-hmm. you can almost dance to the violence. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, certainly it's, it's nonstop. Actually, there you get that feeling, that sense of frustration, where he's just looking for the antidote. <laughs> right. Yeah. And 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 he's, I mean, because everything's coming at you, and the way it's shot and everything, you almost feel as frustrated. Yeah. But this one's punctuated with so many little gags. Like, yeah, it's kind of yeah. just like the tension kind of jumps up a little bit, and then you've got a gag, and it kind of relaxes you a little bit. And yeah. it's kind of a fun little roller coaster here. Yeah, well, I think that's the key term is roller coaster. I mean, they, I think Spielberg was really thinking of these movies as rides, the equivalent of a great ride in Disneyland. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, we know, like, you know, historically, Willie Scott as a character has gotten a lot of grief, especially, you know, trying to fill the shoes of Marion Ravenwood and stuff. It was so awesome. And a lot of people get frustrated with Willie. Uh, I'm trying to keep an open mind and give her any benefit I can because I do actually like her in a lot of ways. Um, I remember liking her less than I did watching it more recently. But in this scene, there's a guy who's been poisoned and all he's trying to do is get the one little tiny thing that'll save his life. And she is doing nothing but trying to find that diamond that doesn't even belong to her and never (laughs) will. And how do we walk away from this scene thinking ah willie she's all right well she's got the same sort of avarice that indiana jones has that's not a bad point a single-minded focus on uh on treasure yeah yeah, treasure gold or the diamond right i mean that's what indy says right fortune and glory right yeah yeah although i i don't feel uh, that she's particularly endearing that way, <laughs> the way that uh, Indy is, at least. I don't right. know why, but like her, her search for the diamond works perfectly for the madcap choreography of the scene. But then, if you take it, like I'm looking at her on the floor right now, being pissed off that she just uh, had the di- the diamond kicked away. I'm like, really? Come on, lady. <laughs> well, that's why it's funny when the diamond gets you know, all the ice spills on the diamond and yeah. so you feel you're kind of happy that she's not going to get <laughs> right. Take that. And I like that this, in, this minute ends with such a like mid 1930s saying, like she just, Ooh, nuts. Like she just... <laughs> I have to admit, I missed that. She said that, that she actually says, Ooh, nuts. <laughs> well, you, you say that like that all the time, Tommy. I mean, you talk like that. Well, I'm being ironic. <laughs> Yeah, you're one of the few adults I know who's like drats. <laughs> ah, shucks. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, is there? Could you tell people? Uh, is there someplace people can find you online? Or, uh, sure. Yes, I have. You people can. I have a website, jwrinsler.com, and uh, I'm also on Twitter at jwrinsler, and um, you can look out for. Couple new things I'm working on. Um, I'm writing a book about Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, oh cool! And um, I don't know when that'll be out. And also doing a kind of visual analysis of Jaws. 
Oh, nice. A lot of fun. Oh, very cool. And again, I don't know where that when that will be out either, but that's cool. my pitch for myself. Yeah, well, definitely, I, I recommend everybody check it out. Um, we've been big fans of uh, J.W. Rinsler for a long time, and uh, I think if you like this show, you will absolutely love his making of Indiana Jones and making of Star Wars books. Um, Jerry, where can people find us? Oh, certainly. Uh, Tommy, yeah. where can people find us? <laughs> Jerry, I'm glad you asked. You can find us uh, at indianajonesminute.com, where you can find all our uh, episodes and other stuff. Uh, you can join the conversation at uh, Indiana Jones Minute and the Listener's Crusade on Facebook. Uh, you can find us at Twitter at uh, Indiana Jones Min, and you can find and subscribe to this show on uh, iTunes and Google Play. And you can also find us right back here tomorrow for Minute 10 of the Indiana Jones Minute. Nuts. Ooh, nuts. <laughs> nuts? <laughs>